From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. My mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. This is Simon Rose. Joined, I hope, by James Cameron Wilson as we look at the business of film. Oh, James, that just, just reminds me the ending of Some Like It Hot. I'm looking for films to see at the moment, uh, perhaps not new ones, films in the comfort of my own home. And I must say, shall we? Uh, Some Like It Hot should go, I think, somewhere near the top of my list. But what have you got for us? Well, it's not really a very exciting week, largely because there were no major studio releases to perk up the box office chart. So it's another negative. We're down 25.1% from the previous weekend. In fact, the only new film in the top 10 was a Polish crime drama, which I will tell you about when we get there. Okay. I'm intrigued. Think, does this, does, is there something that the films are fighting shy of? It's too early to be worried about Bond, presumably. I think everybody's worried about Bond. And now that Bond is, you can book Bond... All the other studios are staying clear. Okay, well, because they feel even if it does well in the first week or so, it will just suffer afterwards. It seems odd. You would think now would be a good time to sneak out films. Mm, I Uh, know, but that's not the case. There were no new films at all at my multiplex. So I had nothing to see. I had to go far afield in order to furnish this programme. And what what um, date do we have for Bond now? I know you'd see it 30, in your memory. 30th of September. 30th. So actually, it is verse. We are very close. I we are I can very under, close indeed. I can understand yeah. that. Have you, have you booked your seat or are you just hoping you can somehow get into a screening which is not absolutely full? Well, I will be going to my local over the weekend and I need to arrange... I mean, very kindly, she does on occasion, the man address, mm. arrange a ticket if, if it's a, an in-demand title. But I suspect no time to die. They'll have about 30 screenings a day of it yes, yes. in all their screens. Yes. So well, there'll really be probably actually plenty of opportunity for me to see it whenever I like. Intriguing. Well, at the weekend, I'm, I'm, I'm heading off... Um, somewhere I'm, i've downloaded a radio 2 program called james bond soundtrack stories talking about all the uh, the various um uh pieces of music that have been composed for bond over the years so i shall listen to that while you're actually watching the film uh, and i will look forward next week to hearing about it but but we are going to look at the chart this week even though there are no new films except for a polish one yeah, well indeed although i have seen a new film as i said which i shall be yeah. reviewing but we're still at number one we have shung ji Z and the Legend of the Ten Rings was, which was at number one, mm. down thirty-four percent for a fifteen point eight million pound total, mm. which is fast closing in now on Ant Man, which made sixteen point three million quid, and Iron Man, which made seventeen point four million. Uh, back in the good old days, so Shung Z is doing really well. Mm. All things considered, of course, this is the first Asian Marvel superhero. At number two, we've got Free Guy, which has absolutely surprised everybody, but it's a really fun film, as indeed you now know, because you've seen it yourself. I do. Great fun. was only down a mere 
2%. And I think the reason that Free Guy has done so well, and it's been around now for six weeks, and it's made a total of £15.3 million pounds mm. just in this country, is because you can't see it anywhere else but in a cinema on a big screen. And I think that's, and word of mouth, I, I think that's yes. the main reason it has done so incredibly well. It's only just over a week since I saw it, but I, you know, I went to a, a six o'clock-ish screening and there were only 10 people in the auditorium. So clearly some screenings are getting a lot of people for it to still be number two in the chart, but it slightly surprised me. I thought perhaps it had shot its bolt, but no, number two it is. So what's number three? The number three, we've got the Aretha Franklin biopic Respect, which was at number three the previous week, down only 11%. So that's holding pretty well with a total of £1.2 million, starring Jennifer Hudson. And she is terrific, and she's getting a lot of Oscar buzz, deservedly so. At number four, we've got Candyman, which was at number four, down 23%. One of the best horror films of the year by a long shot. Uh, number five, we've got Paw Patrol, the movie, which was at number six, so it's actually gone up down 19%, which is the Canadian computer animated cartoon mm. from the TV series, Poor Patrol, about a boy called Ryder and his crew of search and rescue dogs, with a total now of more than £7.6 million, which in this day and age is not to be sniffed at. And mm -hmm. I have to say, I'm really quite surprised by how incredibly well this spin-off has done. At number six, we've got Malignant with Annabelle Wallace, directed by James Wan, which was very disappointing, down 36%. It was at number five. At number seven, we've got Jungle Cruise, which was at number eight. So that's gone up, down only 1%, holding incredibly well. Yeah, it's been there for quite a few weeks, hasn't it? It has indeed, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's now got £12.2 million sterling in the bank. And the most surprising of all is the film at number eight, The Croods to a New Age, which was at number nine. It's gone up 11% with a £9.5 million total. And, well, <laughs> not one of my favourite films. No, and this is all despite the fact that schools have gone back. Mm, yeah, it's extraordinary how well it has done because oh. nobody felt there was room for a Croods 2 because the Croods 1 didn't do that well. But the kids are loving it. Mm. Mm. Okay. I mean, who would have thought Nicolas Cage cast as a Neanderthal? <laughs> and at number nine, even worse, is Space Jam, A New Legacy with LeBron James playing the world's greatest athlete and not playing it very well. Uh, actually playing himself. It was at number 10. It's now gone up number nine, down 9%. And number 10, uh, Small World, which is a crime drama from Poland involving the kidnap of a girl and the Russian mafia, showing at 195 cinemas with a total of £106,493 over the weekend, making it the highest grossing new film of the week. I would like to plug the Irish film herself, directed by Felida Lloyd, which is uh, I reviewed glowingly last week, mm, I at number 15, uh, which is still around. See it. It is certainly the best film around. But presumably not at very many screens. Uh, it's at 222 ven venues. Oh, well, that's not 
that should be possible. So you should be able to catch yeah. it if you've got yeah. a, a car with a decent engine. <laughs> right. And that's a really good film. And if we've got time to talk about it before we go to the break, I did see Rose Plays Julie, which is only showing at 44 venues, but actually probably got the best reviews from the art house critics mm-hmm. of the week. You don't see an Irish film for ages and then two come along at once. Last week, I reviewed the profoundly topical Moving Herself, and now comes Rose Plays Julie from the Irish filmmaking team of Christine Malloy and Joe Lawler, who go by the collective name of Desperate Optimists. Rose Plays Julie has received raves, and I, I did admire it enormously, but I was not as involved with it in quite the same way as I was with herself. Its emotions perhaps run deeper and will no doubt have a greater resonance with female viewers. The star of the piece is Anne Skelly, who plays a veterinary student in Dublin, who is studying animal euthanasia. I I thought this sounds interesting. And then we cut to another character, Ellen, the magnificent Orla Brady, who is playing a cop, who then encounters a vampire. And then Ellen is playing a nurse during the First World War. And we quickly realise that she's actually an actress. And these are film clips. Mm, mm. And so Molloy and Lawler drip feed their narrative slowly into a cohesive storyline. And we realise that Rose is Ellen's daughter and that she has an agenda. So as Rose excavates animal flesh, there is actually one scene that I should warn off the squeamish. Ellen is excavating her own emotions as an actress, but often it is easier for a performer to hide behind or to expose her character's emotions than her own. But the emotional spectrum is just one subject that the directors themselves attempt to excavate. There is a third character, Peter Doyle, played by Aidan Gillen, who is a successful archaeologist. And of course, it is his job to excavate the past. Rose plays Julie is a confident, atmospheric drama that it does really draw you into its complex web. But for me, I was not as emotionally engaged as I was intellectually engaged. Mm. Anne Skelly is a terrific presence, not unlike a young Rose Byrne visually, but I I wanted desperately to, to see her as a normal human being. And I felt she was more like a figurehead. But then she is suffering from a deep-seated trauma, which gradually becomes apparent. However, nobody seems entirely of this world, and characters circle around Rose with a quizzical look on their face, as they should. Rose turns out to be a liar and a thief, pretending at one moment to be in the market to buy a luxury property, complete with its own tennis court, and on another to be playing the title role in a play called The Archaeologist. Nobody really believes what comes out of her mouth, but because she's sincere and pretty, they sort of go along with her, which is more than I did. Mm. There are many shots of characters thinking, and there is some persuasive sound design. But when key moments of drama do occur, such as when Rose attacks a fellow student with a fire extinguisher, they are, they're stylized into submission. And one's not not even sure if they really happened, particularly when the incident is barely alluded to again. 
Overall, though, Rose Plays Julie is a powerful drama and certainly a beautiful piece of cinema with a potent message both about trauma and male violence. And I'd like to think I haven't told you too much about the story and where it goes. A lot to recommend it. I just wanted to believe in it more. And, and this presumably is nowhere to be seen in the chart. Uh, no, it is at, uh, hang on, <laughs> uh, 30. Some, 30, good gracious. Yeah. That's a long way down for a new uh, film. James, but as you say, probably time for us to take a pause for uh, breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rage. You're listening to The Business of Film, where I'm in conversation with James Cameron Wilson as we look at the UK box office chart um, diminished from last week because there are no new big films. So what are we going to talk about now, James? Well, when a critic is denied access to new cinema films, th there are two ways to go. So I'm going to give you a new Netflix release and mm -hmm. my DVD of the week. You probably didn't see... This, we're going to Netflix first. You, you probably didn't see a film called Crank with Jason Statham. I don't believe I did, no. Which was so successful, Simon, that it spawned a sequel called Crank High Voltage, as well as a video game. Right. Jason Statham played a hitman who's poisoned and must keep his adrenaline flowing until he can track down and avenge himself on the man who signed his death warrant. We now have a new Netflix release called Kate, about a hit woman who is poisoned and must keep her adrenaline flowing until she can track down and avenge herself mm. on the man who signed her death warrant. This is a female remake of Crank. Uh, yeah, but, but, but the plot is reminding me of something from the 50s, an American black and white movie. I will think about this while you're while you're talking. So I don't even okay. think even Crank was totally original. Well, um, OK, <laughs> if you think that sounds familiar. It draws on a number of similar female assassin films in what is becoming a major subgenre. And I'm not even counting TV, obviously, with Killing Eve, with uh, the wonderful Jodie coma from free guy mm -hmm. but films like hannah with saoirse ronan atomic yes, Blonde yes, with charlie's Tehran, red sparrow with jennifer lawrence and ava with jessica chastain and after ava released on netflix only last year we now have kate about a woman who's been trained by woody harrelson since she was a girl to take out shady clan members across japan Kate has her moral co code, and this is never to carry out a contract in the presence of children. So when in Osaka, she is boxed into carrying out a kill in front of the subject's teenage daughter, she undergoes a crisis of conscience and tells her mentor, Varick, played by Woody Harrelson, that she wants to retire after one final job. I've never heard that before. Okay. <laughs> Well, what really makes Kate the movie for me is the presence of Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Not only does she exhibit extraordinary physical prowess, but she makes Kate a flesh and blood character. Besides being the partner of Ewan McGregor, Winstead is famous for a fine body of work, 
but has rather, I think, flown under the radar, at least as far as the public is concerned. I was probably first aware of her when she appeared in the 2006 remake of Black Christmas, but really sat up when she played an alcoholic in Smashed. Since then, she's made a strong impression in such films as Scott Pilgrim versus The World, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and with Will Smith in Gemini Man. Incidentally, Gemini Man also shares similarities with Kate in that it was also about an assassin who suffers a crisis of conscience after hitting a target in front of a young girl. Here, though, Kate... In Kate, the girl turns up as a leading character herself, played with considerable vim by Miku Martineau in her film debut. And she and Winstead make a very appealing double act. The film is directed by the French visual effects artist Cédric Nicolas Troyen, who did previously The Huntsman, Winter's War. And he does bring enormous panache to the proceedings, okay. whether filming the streets of Osaka and Tokyo, and I don't know Osaka, it looks amazing, or, or bringing a fresh energy to the countless hand-to-hand -hand combat sequences. I have said on more than one occasion on this program how tired I am of wall-to-wall -wall combat in films, but I found the fight scenes in Kate genuinely exciting and creative and even witty, and Winstead looking for all the worlds like Ellen Ripley from the Alien films, is a more than engaging central figure. The dialogue, some of it is quite banal, but is also very, very funny. I was actually surprised it was a 15 certificate. It's, I suppose it is all complete derivative trash, but it does have a wit and a vitality that could mark it out as a future cult classic of the Grindhouse circuit and in spite of my misgivings and the film's endless lapses and plausibility i did really enjoy it um i remembered the film um a 1949 film called doa which i looked up uh, plot seems very similar frank bigelow told he's been poisoned and has only a few days to live tries to find out who killed him and why well there uh, you go so uh, yeah, sub, nothing new under the sun yeah yes. well absolutely uh, very bizarre. Very bizarre. Um, though you talked about um, uh, a DVD you wanted to review as well, James. Yeah, I, uh, you've probably seen this because I know you're a fan of old films. And I think one of the great privileges of our age is to be, to be able to revisit films I agree. that weren't really given their due in their own lifetime. Yeah. One such is Nicholas Ray's Johnny Guitar. A oh, Western. yes. It's a, well, it's a Western based on a pulp novel by Roy Chancellor and dedicated to Joan Crawford. Crawford subsequently optioned the rights and demanded that Nicholas Ray direct it as their previous project, Lisbon, ha ha had fallen through. It, but it was not a happy time. By all accounts, Miss Crawford was a nightmare to work with and clashed with her leading man, Sterling Hayden, who had the title role as well as with her co-star, Mercedes McCambridge, who played her antagonist in the film. When the picture finally opened, it was not only a box office disappointment, but a critical 
embarrassment. Nicholas Ray noting that it was the first turkey of his career. That was in 1954. Now, in a beautifully restored edition produced by Eureka Entertainment in its Blu-ray debut in the UK, the film is backed up by extensive extras, including a video essay by David Cairns, an interview with the director's widow, Susan Ray, and further video essays from the critics Jeff Andrew and mm -hmm. Tony Raines, and from the director, Martin Scorsese. The film itself, it should be said, which at one point had gained a reputation as a camp classic, was revered as a masterpiece by the likes of Truffaut and Goddard. Well, it is certainly an original, and it does stand the test of time. It literally opens with a bang, the detonation of a mine, as witnessed by Sterling Hayden's Johnny Guitar, and continued from there. In quick succession, Johnny witnesses the robbery of a stagecoach in which a man is shot dead, and then encounters a dust storm, which drives him into the comforting embrace of an upmarket saloon called Vienna's, built into a rock face and standing in the middle of nowhere. Inside, there are beautiful furnishings and all the luxury of a Parisian hotel. And just four minutes into the film, I was hooked. Essentially a Western in that the film is set in Arizona and features lots of horses, gunfights, a bank robbery, etc. Johnny Guitar is a feminist track and is as much about betrayal, spite and rekindled passions as it is about boys playing with guns. There are a slew of memorable lines. Boys who play with guns have to be ready to die like men. A, a staunch supporting cast and a vivid colour palette that almost hurts the eyes. And in all its Blu-ray clarity and pristineness, it is a genuine pleasure to behold. Joan Crawford, as butch as they come, dominates the proceedings and orders all the men around her to do her bidding. She is a powerhouse. She is Vienna, the owner of her own saloon, who is awaiting the arrival of the railroad and her fortune and has taught herself never to love again. The only person ready to stand up against her is Emma Small, Mercedes McCambridge, at times best described as a deranged vixen. It's a complex powerful story and has had considerable backstory ladle onto the original script, which gives Crawford and Sterling Hayden something actually to play with. Although he has the title role, Hayden, as commanding as he is, he's largely a background figure as Crawford and McCambridge slug it out centre stage. Mm. The latter is a bitch and the former could be a witch, but one is drawn to Crawford's command of her own universe and determination to succeed in a man's world. But it is men who appear to be her undoing and the wedge that divides her and Emma Small. Although I have been aware of Johnny Guitar my entire professional life, I'd never seen it until last night. And it really was a revelation. Joan Crawford is a true star. She really knows how to deliver a line and she, she knows how to transfix the camera and the color photography, Victor Young's stirring music and the supporting cast all conspire to make it a really compelling piece. And one should mention Ernest Borgnine, a man who doesn't smoke, doesn't drink 
and his memed horses. What a villain. <laughs> a year later, Ernest Borgnine won an Oscar for Marty. Yes. And Nicholas Ray directed Rebel Without a Cause. Extraordinary. I have, I've seen it, but as a teenager, I cannot remember it at all, James. I will have to um, seek it out. Thank you very much indeed for that. That's Johnny Guitar with uh, Joan Crawford. Odd. I mean, as you say, fantastically, you can seek out movies whose reputation, you know, deserves um, improving but at the same time extraordinary that a film that's so unhappy can actually produce such a, a fine result mm, mm. but that's it for the business of film for this week we will be back with more at the same time next week well a, a boy's best friend is his mother easy miss i've got you you you've got me who's got you <laughs> i am not an animal where the devil are my slippers? <laughs>